0: Hi, I'm Ryan Shear, and we're back with another episode of Small Business Chronicles. Today, I have Tammy Jordan from Fruits of Labor here with me today. It is, uh, it's a lot of things. Uh, we were talking in the pre-interview. It's absolutely a lot of things, and I think she has a very interesting story to tell as a small business owner. Uh, Tammy, you want to introduce yourself?
1: Yes, thank you so much, Ryan. I appreciate the opportunity to share our story of Fruits of Labor. Um, This has been something that we've been cultivating for 22 years. Uh, We're just now celebrating our 22nd anniversary this July. So we're always excited to tell the story of taking business and uh, using it as to meet social mission. And our social mission is to employ and work with individuals that are in recovery from substance use disorder.
0: And how did this come about? What was the first inklings that you were heading to where you are now? Was it a dream, a thought? How did you get, take us from the first steps where this kind of originated as a, as a, as a business yet charity idea all combined into one.
1: So originally, um, Fruits of Labor began as a traditional business, and um, it operated that way for uh, over a decade. And then I, in 2009, went to visit a lady in Alderson Prison, which is located here in West Virginia, just a few minutes from our original location. And from that experience, seeing women in need of transitioning out of prison and um, re-entry with jobs, with skill sets. It started this journey of research and um, opportunity to see how our agricultural production, our culinary production, um, wedding, wedding cakes and catering could absolutely help see lives transformed and it not just be about the business side of growth, but actually transforming into the uh, growth of individuals.
0: And if I understand it right, your organization is pretty farm to table because you have an agricultural center and you have all of these other. So where, where did that start? Did you always, were you always like a baker or coffee shop or, or was that like where you were heading with that and then it got combined in with the charity aspect?
1: So we started um, as an agricultural company. My background is agricultural research and I worked for over a decade with USDA in scientific research. So um, since I was five years old, I wanted to own a farm. And so um, that dream absolutely came to fruition and actually then grew the culinary aspect of it out of the farming. So um, about three years into uh, Fruits of Labor, I came home and uh, I've grown up in a family, uh, long generation lines of cooking and canning and wedding cake designs my mom did wedding cakes my entire life so it was just a natural progression to take what we were growing Uh, we were shipping flowers to three different states we were growing lots of vegetables for local uh, resorts and uh, restaurants and so that just cultivated the idea of a full culinary aspect of basically looking at weddings, catering weddings, doing the floral design, wedding cakes and all of the food preparation. And um, so I really had the the point of view that I wanted to become West Virginia's version of Martha Stewart. And so that was the business idea and um, was absolutely successful. We grew astronomically. Um, I actually left my federal job after seven years of growing the business um, to launch full time with Fruits of Labor. Um, But then it was that visit to the prison that added the social mission side. And oh, my goodness, I'm so glad it did, because um, the the purpose behind that has been transformative not only to my life, but uh, to all of the students that we serve.
0: So, how does that integration work? You you have something that you want to do for charity, and you have an established business. So, walk me through just a little bit of how that integration worked and what you had to do to combine both of those.
1: Absolutely. So, um, this is we we teach this on a regular basis to other businesses, but any model works. That's the wonderful part. Whatever a business wants to do to support something that is of value and purpose to them and close to their heart, something that they will see beneficial um, can can absolutely work. Our model is is um it started, I closed my business two days a week. Um, so it was very extreme. And um, we went all in, we brought in 10 women from our local drug court program. And uh, that very first year, we had 80% graduation rate. Um, About a month into the program, the judge from drug court said, I don't know exactly what you're doing, but whatever you're doing, don't stop because it's as if it's not the same individual that's standing before me in court because their confidence and the way that they would present themselves um, completely changed uh, within even that short amount of time. But we would bring them in um, and we would do culinary training. Uh, We would bake bread together, walk out the back door um, to our fields, our garden production systems. They would pick uh, what we would use to prepare their own lunches. Um, so it was very much focused on them. Um, there was not much integration within, to, within our customer base, though. So that was the first. And then um, a couple years into that, we added our very first cafe and bakery. And so that started to integrate students within um, employment opportunities, which was the next step that needed to happen.
0: So th- there's got to be some struggles associated with this, though, that you, you bring because because you bring people that most of the time when people go to jail or prison, it's more of a mental health and a behavioral issue. It's more of a, uh, that. So so I got a two part question. One, talk to me about a little bit of the struggles of learning how to cope and adapt with with maybe somebody with some issues. And the other one is, what do you think it is about your program that resonates with them so much?
1: So um, I think the first understanding is that um, my mindset had to be different going into it. Um, And everything that we built future was specifically built with, with our students in mind. And so we had to come to that place of, Every single student that walks into the door, no matter how many times they've been through recovery programs or how many times they've been in and out of prison, we have this expectation, like we're absolutely shocked if they don't complete the program. And so coming in with that, um, also forming a location of compassion, um, educating our core staff um, so that we understand that this is our purpose and the output is the food and the coffee and the bakery items. But our purpose, our core mission is actually serving our students. And then the benefit to the community is that they have a place to come and eat. And so we have purposefully located our locations in communities that are are in need of our support services. And then it's educating the customers as they come in, that they become champions for our students. And so when they see, um, you know, that they're improving week by week because they're faithful customers, then they become that great supporter and they celebrate. And if they see even something um, as like cosmetic, uh, like, getting getting dentures because maybe their teeth have, had had issues. Um, and we've had students not even be able to get employment because they do not have their teeth at that time. And we're like, no, no, you know, what's inside of you is what the customer sees and what we see. And so it's okay. And then they those customers then come along on that journey and they're like, oh my goodness, look at your smile. And so there's this really great stigma reduction that happens organically every single day, right in the middle of the cafe. And it's, it's incredible.
0: And, and that's what I was going to ask about a stigma. When you go to open up in these communities, do you ever have any pushback or do you ever have any issues when you, when you set to, to do this in a community?
1: Well, we we have had, um, there has been occasions of a, a very small amount of individuals that are like, oh my goodness, how is this going to work? But at this point, um, we have such a longstanding proven model. So we're over 85% success rate for our students um, for completion of programs. So it becomes now that communities are coming to us and saying, can you please come to our community? Um, So it's like really transitioned between um, the, oh my goodness, we're not really sure of this into the invitation and let us help you bring something because our community needs you.
0: So let's go back to, you've opened the first location of having, um, a storefront to where the customers and they do. Uh, Then you go to a second location. When, at what point in time did we, did you figure out it was time to open that second location? And what did your growth look like between that first and second location?
1: So we opened our first one in 2014 for the cafe and bakery. Um, We then expanded next into wholesale Um, bakery production out of that same location. So that was kind of like our next step. And that was five years time difference. Um, And then in 2020, uh, we worked with Appalachian Regional Commission to launch Communities of Healing, which helped open uh, the next four locations. So in the last two years, we've opened four more locations. So it's been rapid growth, but, um, very planned and very well designed for, for what we were doing.
0: I know when we were setting up this interview, you said you were just opening up your fifth location. So you're saying in it from 2020, which was a bad time for every business, uh, (laughs) that you went from one location in three years to five locations. What do you attribute that, that growth? And are you doing okay profitability? Cause sometimes it's a little scary to open that much overhead and that many stores at one time.
1: Absolutely. So, um, in 2021, we opened our second location. So it's actually been within since, um, August of 2021, so even shorter. But um, Appalachian Regional Commission allowed us um, some of the funding for our equipment um, in each location. So our Reno location is our main hub from a production standpoint. It produces all of our wholesale bakery, all of our bakery products for all of our other locations. So we didn't have to replicate at high level executive chefs and things of that nature. Um, We wanted it to be um, programming that was primarily student-based instead of coming in and saying, oh, we have to have all of this core staff, and then we have these students. We really wanted to put students in Positions of uh, management, uh, positions of growth, so that we we left room for that. Otherwise, it was not it wasn't completing our mission and our heart of seeing someone go from entry level all the way to managing uh, an entire storefront. And so um, during that time, uh, we. I was down to counting like $2 spoons, you know, how many things can you order and and making sure that that was really um, definitely focused. Um, But then it was employing our students and training them, coaching them, teaching them how to do this themselves. And so we have two smaller satellite locations. And then our um, fourth and fifth locations are, we have a main level cafe. And then in the ground level, we have a pizzeria that we just launched for that. Every single one of our locations has um, a conference center associated with it as well to do community meetings, um, trainings, educational things. Um, So it really starts to... um, Under you start to understand, okay, how does this work from system standpoint, which is so important, um, because if it was just flinging it open and hoping and praying it was going to work, then we would we would be in a disastrous situation at this point.
0: And what? Tell me some of the struggles that you face? Because I understand with the program you're working, not every story is going to be a success story. Not every venture that you take is going to pay off for you. So was there ever a time that you had a major struggle and thought about giving up? Like, like thought, maybe let's take another path. I love my job. I love what I do. And there are days I go home and think, think that, you know, so, so in an adventure with all, all the things you're going on, what, what are some of those struggles and, and feelings like?
1: Absolutely. So um, 2016, we were just two years open in our Reno location and we had a thousand year flood and it wiped out the entire training center. So I literally, with my entire team, we were trapped upstairs um, with the flood waters and we watched we watched our training center wash out the front window. So of course, during those times, um, it's challenging to think, oh my goodness, we just came here. We want to do this mission, and yet, how how does that look um, for a future? And so, um, those are certainly times of discouragement. And yet, there's also this simultaneous encouragement um, because our entire nation and in people internationally came because our area is one of the hardest hit in West Virginia with loss and death. And so um, we had people from all over the world showing up at our doorstep and saying, how can we help? So that certainly is energizing in a very distressing time. Um, Of course, COVID in 2020 hit. Um, We saw 80% reduction in our business and had to bounce back from that by doing other focused opportunities, as as every single business across our world had to look at different challenges within that, um, and to then think that we were launching additional places. Um, But really, for me, it's keeping the vision in mind, um, staying purposeful. Uh, The hardest thing and the biggest struggle that I have is rest, um, because I'm going all the time Um, seeing our program grow and working with students. Um, And certainly it is absolutely heartbreaking if you have a student overdose or you have a student that um, relapses. So those times it should break my heart. And if there's a time that it doesn't, then I need to reassess and come back to the place of our original mission because I've lost sight of what's happening. So, Um, it is holding joy and sorrow simultaneously and understanding that that sorrow may not be forever for that student because as long as they have breath, we have hope. And we have had several students return back to us, rejoin the program, and we have one that did that and she's now managing a full location and managing an entire team. So, We don't know the end story. And so if we get caught only in the sorrow, we forget that there's joy to be had in our future.
0: Well, I think your story is absolutely amazing. And I think there needs to be more businesses out there uh, to help people rehab through the problems in life. Uh, You don't give up on people. I think that's that's the, the core of what I'm hearing from your story is that you see a struggle and you help them through that struggle. And I really appreciate uh, the time you've taken to come share that with us. And and with that, I have a, one more question for you, is what's next? What is your future for Fruits of Labor and uh, Community of Healing hold for you? What, what, what do you have in vision?
1: So our Communities of Healing program, um, we were supposed to, in three years, um, trained 75 other businesses how to look at engaging individuals in recovery, and we have reached over 300. And so that's exciting because that's taking root across our state, um, and that will be an amazing and transformative thing if every business in the state of West Virginia was able to Uh, Employ just one person a year in recovery, our state would radically change. And so that makes my heart really happy to see that. Um, Our next phase is a huge agricultural um, expansion. We are adding, um, expanding our maple syrup, floriculture, honey, um, greenhouses, high tunnels. And um, within the next 18 months, that should support an additional 30 people in recovery. And so that's that's super exciting because that's my my passion and my love so to see that project grow to the place that I had envisioned 20 some years ago is is amazing.
0: Well once again we have Tammy Jordan from Fruits of Labor uh and Community of Healing. How do we get a hold of you Tammy? Is this just structured in West Virginia or can you train businesses elsewhere?
1: Um, They can always, businesses can always reach out elsewhere. We do have a couple online gatherings. One is happening um, July 31st of this year and December 4th, that they can sign up on fruitsoflaborinc.com. Go to our Communities of Healing uh, tab at the very top of the page, and if they scroll down to the bottom, it will have a little link that says click here to join July 31st, so that's definitely a way for them to connect and also by email.
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much for, for being on the show and uh, I wish you well and it really warms my heart what you're doing.
1: Thank you so much. I appreciate you, Ryan.